games. Hang on, hang It's April 17th, 2013, and this is what the second take of a podcast sounds like. And I'm this Brecken. <laughs> I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And, and this, this is, is Idle Thumbs, Thumbs 102. 102. Oh, God, this is awful. It's the best one. <laughs> Welcome yeah, back. Good. Our classic lineup. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, um, we recorded one of these last night, and then our digital preamp decided that it would eat the entire episode and replace it with weird robot sounds. So yeah. now we're here. Now we're here for <laughs> to try and talk about the same <laughs> stuff a second time. Um, Sean so actually couldn't deal about? with it, so he just left. Oh, we talked about video games. Oh, um, Nick wasn't here last night, so we've yeah. we've, yeah. we've this swapped is new out. material for me. We've swapped out, yeah, Sean for Nick, and we'll see if that affects the audio quality of the episode. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to change like one one variable at a time. We're trying right, to debug yeah, our yeah. setup. Exactly, we're gonna unplug yeah. the headphones next. So if this works, we know we know Sean was the was the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah um so computer games mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so you so i hmm. you weren't here i wasn't here i have Actually, no you know idea what? This. What was... let's just talk about neptune's pride first because right, Nept- it, yeah. neptune's pride 2 uh, uh, yes. showed up on the scene today the sequel the sequel to neptune's pride yeah um we I, talked so about neptune's... shadow is just we talked about the original game my, on the podcast right yeah. yeah, we did. Like, yeah, yeah. All, I mean, years ago. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Did we I mean, ever? Did we ever discuss the insane game that we had though? I don't. Probably. Feel like we, did. we should probably just give a quick refresher on oh, what yeah. Oh, yeah, is. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a web browser based game. So like Farmville. <laughs> it's a web, it's a web browser based, <laughs> based game. Some kind of baby game. <laughs> it is the opposite of a. Baby it is actually game. the opposite. It is. Of that. It is. Yeah. It's the destroyer. Of it all makes games. your life feel like that of a baby, though, or your ability to play its game, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's well. It's, it more makes you feel the ability to play the game is easy, but it feels like you are just a baby, like who is just being stomped on by, by the, like seven other. No, no, no. There's one adult. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was the master of baby puppets it's in that, true, in that yeah. round of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. true. It's but, but but to explain what the actual Sean game thinks is, he's going to be that guy in, in our game. That's because Sean thinks he's going to be that guy in every situation in which Sean competes with anybody. For he probably anything. is going to be that guy. It's going to be fine though. It's going to it's going to ruin is, my life. This game this does <laughs> reward ruthlessness in in a way that I've never experienced in a game before. Yeah, I mean it's not the same as like you know Dota or any competitive multiplayer game where that's just like the ruthlessness isn't the thing that makes you win. It's the skill that makes you win. Right. The ruthlessness you know? is a byproduct. Yeah, right. But in, the, the in political pride, backstabbing and yeah, just like the willingness to be a complete amoral asshole is like paramount in this game. So what it is, it's a real time <laughs> strategy game, but the time scale is extraordinarily slow. So instead of taking, you know, a matter of seconds or minutes for unit for your units to get from from point A to point B, it takes a matter of hours or in some cases even days. 
Um, you're, it's a browser-based game, as Jake said, and you see an, a, a large star field that is the that is the playing field essentially. And you start with a certain number of planets under your control, um, some of which have fleets of ships um, already stacked on them, or I guess the ones you control do. Yeah. Uh, from that point, you can split those fleets of ships into smaller fleets and send them off to take other planets. If you send them to a planet that is not under control by anybody, it will just become yours. If you send it to a ship with enemy ships on it, then they go through a combat algorithm and a winner is determined and whoever's left standing controls the planet. And so, uh, there, you know, there's some more rules beyond that, but that's effectively what it yeah. is. The main, you the can main, invest in various if, things and there's different... You can invest in technology and yeah, there's there's um, stuff like that. But the main hook of it is the is the ridiculously slow thing, which means you could launch your ships at another planet and it... They won't arrive there until 4 a.m. Right. You know. But what what becomes insane about it, though, we have to we have to specify yeah. is yeah. that you could launch your ships at 3:54. I could launch my ships at 3:55, and right. you would and even though would, it's a 16 hour trip, right. yeah, <laughs> or or even like 10 seconds apart, and that would be the difference yep. in the whole. Yeah. It, so that means that the, the duration is hugely <laughs> slow, but it is still real time. Exactly, exactly. it's still one to one. So. The, you, so <laughs> so the, the result of that is that it destroys your entire life because mm-hmm. you're just and constantly you have, refreshing. And you have half an hour, I think, is it half an hour, to re to reassign to, routes to your ships. But, like, they take half an hour to, to escape the planet, right. like, the escape to, you know, They eventually end up effectively in deep space and where like, they can't yeah. receive any new information. So you can do they're... crazy fake-outs where you're like, if, it's, if right. you suspect your opponent they're is about to go to bed or something, you can launch ships at his base. He will then react to that, but then you can cancel that order and reroute it somewhere else and if he doesn't come back and check within half an hour then you've then he the thing he's done is going to take fucking 12 hours to finish and he can't do anything about it past like he can't change them once they're you know out of the or out of orbit um so it's it, it leads to to just ruination of lives it because you'll, you'll get up in the middle of the people night setting 3 a.m alarms yeah. to get up and deploy ships are <laughs> yeah. like oh man yeah but the so that's the first game, and the second game has come out now, or is it's in development? It's sort of an, it's a active development it's, thing, I think. Yeah, it's like an active beta, I think. Um, but the one of the notable features that they're touting really heavily is that the game, which I think was originally more proprietary, uh, was it Flash based before? Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. it was. The new version is entirely <clears throat> written in HTML5, which yeah, means cool. that it works on Android and iOS devices, which means as I, I don't know. I got really excited about it and then immediately opted out of it because I realized my life would be gone. But I sent an email out to everyone at work just saying <laughs> so you just you just bombed. <laughs> yeah, you just poisoned. Yeah, saying Neptune's, yeah. Neptune's Pride 2 is out. Also note that it's uh, available for iOS. Oh, because the first email said like if anyone's excited about getting up at 1 in the morning to deploy some ships and then I sent that link and then I sent a follow-up link saying oh, and just a note it also works on your phone, so you don't even have to get out of bed at one in the morning to deploy your ships, which is like terrifying. Oh my god! Because yeah. you can't so just you, go and just on your so iPad. You, you basically <laughs> just did like the area of effect spell yeah. on your office that causes people to just go ape shit and all attack their friends. You just like cast yeah. that and fucking bounce. Right. Well, like, like, you're there just was out a, of there. There an email from one of our programmers was just like caution to anyone who hasn't played this. I actually <laughs> literally ruined a week long vacation from. Oh my man, a vacation! Yeah, uh, Andrew, one of our programmers and designers was just like, I ruined a vacation by signing up yeah. for this game right before. That's like yeah. beware. Yeah, uh, yeah, that game was a life threatening, life ruining thing. Yeah, but I mean, one of the things that's fascinating about it is that it has a built in. Um, diplomacy system where you can enter into an alliance with someone and it will be announced and everyone knows these people are in an alliance and then you can't attack them and they can't attack you unless you break uh, break the the treaty or whatever it is. 
Um, but that in turn only becomes kind of a secondary messaging function yeah. where you can use that to strategically um, suggest to people what your alliances are. But in reality, you're just using the in-game messaging system to talk with other people and set up actual alliances yeah. that are not broadcast anywhere. Um, I mean, it's just it's just there is you you can't trust anyone basically ever in that yep. game. Yeah. And also, there's only one winner, um, which is the reason in that game I stuck with you because I realized <laughs> you were going to be more. You, you were just willing to be much more of an asshole than I. Than I, I'm serious, and so I ended up in second second place. You knew that you'd get second by that, though. Yeah, it will. Right, yeah. right. Because I'm because there's only, there can only be one winner. So like, yeah. any alliance is is gonna have to end at some point. Um, and so I'm like, well, if I could just hitch my hitch my wagon to this guy, like I guess I'll get second, and that's okay because he's gonna be a way bigger dick than I could ever be willing yeah. to be in this game. But you guys, and it was true. It's, it was. You were right. You God. guys didn't get very far into two, but it looks measurably cleaner than the first game. As yeah, far it as looks great. Um, and on a PC, I mean, the, the the scrolling and everything is fantastic. Yeah, the it, actual it, sort of so zooming around the nice. galaxy, zooming yeah, in and out yeah. to all the different detail levels. Mm. It felt that felt way more regimented in the first game. Whereas this, mm. there is just a smooth scale between the abstract map and yep. the really close up stuff. It's really yeah, neat. It's all really good. Except that, um, are there significant mechanical changes, or is it mainly a rewrite? Yeah, of the they've added a lot of uh, research uh, oh. Oh, projects yeah. that affect how. I mean, I think basically you're just investing in um, kind of like higher tier bonuses. From, mm-hmm. Like you know, the way the game works now, there there's three tech tiers. You know, it's industry, uh, economy, and and scientific research for every planet. But I think those the, the stuff you can research now are just like higher versions of of, uh, of of like just they just grant bonuses with multipliers on that all of that stuff oh, so, you, so can, you can just level up those levels up beyond the is, yeah is, is i think it's still a, a three it's, primary it's like an end game uh okay. version of of like what to do with your money i think is it's, okay. it's just like a funneling of, of stuff but and there's also like a hyperspace thing that like you can you can drop something on a planet and uh it's like a hyperspace relay and then have oh, another crazy. planet that has one. Oh and man, it, that it seems like a connection. Huge which if you I, I assume well, interesting. So, I presume if you had an ally that had one of those on the other side of the space, oh, you could funnel ships right. back and forth, which would man, be that gives uh, that gives yeah. the alliance thing a way more important. Right, because import. that also makes backstabbing way more out of control. If oh you're yeah, like, oh, let me oh, just use your God. jump gate. Yeah, yeah. Womp. <laughs> Erased. Like I wonder how Yeah, I mean it depends how long is it like are they instantaneous or are they just yeah, much we, faster but don't know. Yet. don't know yeah okay we'll next have, week we'll report back yeah we'll have to have, have actual, instantaneous. we'll have to have yeah. a I, think it's, I think it's three real. x uh three times the speed oh man so you so, i wonder still, what happens then if you uh it's still intense yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's a big difference yeah. huh yeah. i'm really curious like i yeah i deliberately opted out of this game as to not have my life fall apart i, I realized it's just choice just by sending like neptune's pride 2 is out uh, I can feel my life erasing. Okay, I can't play this game now, but I want to hear from you and Sean what's going on yeah. later on in the next week. It's going to be gross. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's a game. My favorite game of Neptune's Pride was still the first one that we played at Telltale because we made everyone pick random names and that draw them out of a so hat. That was so smart. That was so yeah. good. Yeah. We talked about that on the cast, but just the weird anonymity plus hilarious role-playing that happened in that game was just... Well, you should explain it, because I, I suspect there okay. are people listening who didn't hear us the, say that three years we ago. We played it all in in the office, so it we but we, we wanted people to not know who each other were, because we didn't want real-life allegiances to form in the office, and also just we thought it was hilarious, so we made everyone write a fake name of a sci-fi character or just something gross that they thought, you know, whatever you thought was funny. Everyone put them in a hat, mixed them up, and then everyone pulled a name out of the hat, so everyone in the game was just playing anonymously, which meant that, like, if someone walked to the bathroom past the guy whose computer was in the Neptune's Pride game, that person would always minimize their screen because 
it way into the late game, people started to figure out who some people were just yeah, right. because of accidental yeah. lunchtime conversation yeah, or like yeah. you'd catch yeah, a glance at the screen. But yeah. um, that's so smart. Early though. on, it was so good, and just people. All of the weird, like we deliberately played with allegiances off because I think it was our first game. And we just wanted to start it playing, but also we were like, well, we can just form or break allegiances uh, naturally Maybe, without yeah. without the allegiance system. But it meant that like people named things like Captain Olaf von Spaceface Ace would send me a note, just like I gotta can't remember my name, <laughs> but just like acting as if they're a weird like commander of a space fleet just like <laughs> right. greetings citizen like instead of just right. being like yeah, yeah, yeah. do like, you want to align <laughs> yeah. like it, well didn't we, someone wasn't one of the names Jake Rodkin <laughs> yes <laughs> i believe that's the case <laughs> that was not me though yeah i know that's what's funny about it um what was i going to say but yeah uh, the, the new telltale game people didn't do that so oh but the thing about allegiances is that because there are always back channel um alliances no matter what or at least the potential for them um, the alliance, the um, the sort of public, uh, sort of sanctioned alliance system is really fascinating because you end up with people who who basically put this like passive pressure on everyone else by being like, I'm committed to being peaceful. So like everyone ally up with me and then like, you know, five of eight people will ally right. with him. And then it's like the other – then it makes everyone else instantly suspicious of like the other three oh, people. Yeah, yeah, it's right. like what are, what are you – why aren't you – like we're all doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like you can create these crazy situations yeah. where, you know, God. you just foster that kind of no, I'm, starting, I'm starting to remember the things that I did <laughs> and it's really gross. Yeah. Like like I even – like I had an inkling of like the, how much of a shithead I was today when Sean was like, hey, you want to be in – like want to lie and, and take out this guy? And I was like – you're going to be a jerk and just screw me over. And he was like, no, he's like actually being honest, I think. And I was like, hmm, are you? And then he said something shitty. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to take that shitty thing you said and just spread it around the universe and just tell everybody that you're being a dickhead. What are you going to do about that? And there was this whole back and forth that it was just like, we haven't even started playing, and I'm already like thinking about how I'm gonna ruin Sean. Your eighth player has <laughs> not like, joined from... the game yet. Yeah, I know. It's, it's terrible. Like it just spirals out of control. Jesus, I can't help myself. <laughs> God, Nick Brecken's house of cards. Yeah, like, in space. Yeah. Oh man, it really but is. No, like you private message people and you're like, shit. yeah. It, oh. it, 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 like the uh, as a spoilers for House of Cards, I guess. So I won't explain the specifics. But in the American version of that show. Like the thing he does with the speaker of the whole speaker of the house situation. Like if you yeah. guys have seen that, like yeah. for anyone who's seen that show, like that's that is the kind of shit you pull in Neptune's Pride, where you like you tell one person one thing, you tell someone another thing, and by the time you set all these things in place, you can be completely bald faced about what you've done, and it doesn't even matter anymore because it's already right. ruined. Right. Yeah, like it's, yep. it's 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 astonishing and yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's a good game. <laughs> it's, a, it's a quality game. Also, on top of all of this stuff, just the act of deploying crazy spaceships across the galaxy at that tiny, slow speed feels oh, amazing. Yeah. Like, just from a weird space oh, yeah, yeah. ranger yeah, yeah, yeah. standpoint, yeah. it also happens to contain insane political backstabbing. But yeah, yeah. That's a good game. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Do we want to just keep That was on? a guy who uh, worked on Bioshock. Oh, really? Oh, Jake Hybers. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I made that game. Do we want to just keep talking about space? Okay. Because we talked about Oh, Kerbal Space Program. We talked about Kerbal Space Program on oh, the yeah. Erased cast, but Nick, I think you have more time yeah, Nick in Kerbal Space Program than anyone else. I don't I don't really have a story. I mean, it's just kind of a spoiler. I don't know if I actually actually talk about it really. Boo. You, you got well, wow, I mean, we were all I, wow. I built an amazing spacecraft and went to space. 
and it was great. Spoiler, but, you can go to space. Well, all right. I mean, I can talk about, so like, I don't know, Kerbal Space Program. We should talk about what it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a video game where it's, it's a sandbox game where you build like a, a, it's a spacecraft. It's, it's, a space a progr- it's like a space shuttle. program simulator, I think yeah, is the yeah, easiest yeah. way to put it, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, you, the things that it simulates include <clears throat> like constructing the spacecraft, like right. piloting the spacecraft when you launch it, like um, you know, uh, assigning the stages that your rockets will fire in and break off in, and then triggering those like after you've lifted off, like all that. Figuring stuff out is all how simulated. many tiny weird spiral rockets you want to affix <laughs> to each other to create a ruined space spaceship that doesn't yeah. fly well. Yep. Yeah, um, walking your little spaceman around after you've uh, jettisoning him from landed. a capsule and yeah. watching him float away as your spacecraft <laughs> falls to the earth. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, you can do that. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only I only played an hour of the program of the of the program the computer <laughs> only, software I've application. I only put an hour into my space program um, with you guys uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, I like that both of you guys. You guys both just had different interpretations of the word program just now, <laughs> both based on Jake misspeaking. Yeah. Well, it is a computer program. I know. Yeah. My brain, it's not a game, apparently. I call it a pr- computer program, not a video game. <laughs> it's all just software. Yeah, yeah it's just so- I mean, what difference just does it make? Zeros, it's just, just it's all code. Um, my immediate mission, of course, very predictably, was just to create the stupidest possible spaceship, or at least to create the most aggressive mismatch of majestic mid-century american space program and doofy cartoon pikmin spaceship and it was really good yeah um, except that it never actually launched once in a way that was successful it launched it just didn't make it into orbit. yeah the actual mm-hmm. act of building a, sp- a like i haven't really played a, a, a construction sim game in a really long time i don't think so the act the act of just creating this stuff <laughs> and then watching it go Way God, more fun oh, than it should so be. Well, it was so good though because that hour it was just like watching the early like early NASA videos of just like right. a rocket just barely making it off a launch pad, or like watching this falling, stuff from like SpaceX off. and like yeah, all yeah, those, yeah. like all that shit yeah, now yeah, where yeah. people are like starting their that shit no, from scratch great. basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was I was really proud occasionally when it would go up to the point that the atmosphere would sort of start to maybe fade away, but then we're yeah. like, okay, we're tilting, we're tilting, deploy second phase, and like try to maybe hope <laughs> yeah, that if the, right. if the boosters go away, maybe it'll, no, okay. But then you might be like off kilter enough by that point that even when you do deploy your next stage, right. you're shooting off like laterally or something. Right. And then yeah, like, just like aggressively like, orbiting yeah. the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the final top phase, which was... The first thing that we actually built, which was like 45 rockets all about the size of a Pringles can arranged um, in like a like a spinning like, firework yeah. coming off of the side of it. So that Right. So yeah. it would always cause uh, like radial Just a crazy whirly gig because you, right. yeah, you build – you stack <laughs> rockets and fuel tanks and – Like separator rings. And then separator rings. So then you can – and then you can also arrange the launch phase. So every time you press spacebar, like the first time you hit it. The first set of thrusters go off and it launches, and the second time you press it, it activates the second phase, which makes that separator ring blow away, which is majestic as all fuck. When the huge fuel tank and rocket drift away, and then your weird three other rockets underneath that come on that you forgot that you put on, and then those majestically fade away. And then 40 rockets all fire to life at the exact same time, (laughs) and they start spinning around at such an aggressive RPM that you just barf. Um, And then you go home. Yeah. But you, Nick, you made a real one. I made a real one uh, after watching that. And well, no, I did. I did about a half an hour. You look at that and said, "That's a baby game." Yeah. <laughs> I did. Sure, I'll make a real rocket. Oh god! I totally went home and did like did the homework and and made a real rocket, and it was really fucking good. And then like, you modeled that rocket in Kerbal Space Program. Uh, yes. Yeah, I made a. <laughs> yep, that's what I did. Um, no, it's really good though. Like 
God. So I built this two, like, actually, no, there were three solid rockets and then one liquid dude in the middle. Wait, a liquid ju- dude? Li- you mean li- liquid li- rockets? Yeah, liquid, liquid fuel. Liquid fuel tank? Yeah. yeah. And um, they just all, they all separated at the right time, hit that main rocket, went up just to like 40,000 meters, I guess. And and then I realized like, oh, fuck, I need to be able to steer this thing. And then it just kind of went down and I exploded. But then the, <laughs> the time after that, you I added the... That's um, what I love about this game, by the way, is that you you learn things in that successive way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, now I got off the ground. Oh, okay, now I got into orbit. Like, oh, I see. Now I like add this thing and I can yeah. do the next... Like achieve yeah. the next thing. Yeah. Like it really does, as you say, feel like yeah. you're recreating kind of early NASA success. When you add the uh, the propulsion to the side of the craft, so you can actually do the like, psh, 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 psh. right? <laughs> oh my god! Do you steer that with waz? Like, yeah, you, you steer it with. I think it's like Q something or other. Oh, you know, interesting. It's, just, it's a strange configuration, but but yeah, you can do this like rudimentary steering thing, and. Yeah, I broke orbit and it was fucking incredible. Like this music just chi- like it just slowly seeps in. It's just like was it the same like calm space music? Well, okay, like, so it wasn't the like the Sim City public domain like seven <laughs> X jazz music that plays in the hangar. No, it wasn't the same music, but it sounded Sim City ish still. But it was like, still it, majestic. It was, just, it was like it was like Sim City at night, majestic Sim City. <laughs> Uh, but oh my god! Like actually hitting like, track seventeen on the SimCity soundtrack is majestic SimCity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. escaped. You oh, escaped man. the atmosphere, and you were stoked. Yeah, I was really stoked. And then at that point, you <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, I was really stoked, Jake. <laughs> I was, I was Houston, rad. we're stoked. <laughs> we're really stoked up here. It's tubular launch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shut up. But no, when you, when you when you break orbit, you hit M and you get um, M for Majesty. M for Majesty. <laughs> yeah, the Dota sound plays. No, you get a, you get like just an overview of of Earth and then a, an orbit of you know, of Kerbal One of you mean? Kerbal, or whatever Kerbal yeah Kerbal Prime, and you and you get the uh, the track of your rocket at that point, uh-huh. and then you can start initiating like maneuvers. In oh, advance, cool. and and um, you can actually try and set up a, a like a rough orbit, which is really difficult and kind of wonky. But um, I ended up just like launching my guy by accident out of the spacecraft and watching him <laughs> float away to the moon, uh, <laughs> dead. Yeah, completely dead. You but, didn't put uh, a spacesuit on it. No, he had a spacesuit on. He just floated away. Oh, he just, I mean, he's gonna just, be dead. Yeah, That's he's, true. he's dead. But it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. It's good when you get up to space. It's an amazing. Did moment. you actually get into any of the mods? Mm-mm, not yet, when we, but there are hundreds of mods, apparently. Yeah, we we talked about that a little bit on the Erased episode, which is sad, but I'm really curious about that. Just yeah, When you, on your phone, when you found that someone had recreated the entirety of, like, the Gemini rocket stack, oh so you could God, just build... Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. Yep. Yeah. Or a space shuttle. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm into, I'm I'm into a that. space shuttle. Yeah. I wonder if... Because you, you can build, uh, like, traditional runway-based craft as well yeah you can so the question was then can you take the space shuttle up oh man and then can you land it on the runway so you can have a space plane and you can build a buggy apparently like a rover yeah like you can launch all of this stuff so like i think the way it works is you just attach all of this that's what i was wondering like can you the craft that's a stage it's just yeah yeah there's a stage that just expel rovers so like god like now i like i think the end game of this is to set up basically the mars uh the recent mars probe launch where you fire uh, something off from kerbal one it ends up in whatever planet and right. then you launch the probe that then fires retro boosters and hits that thing and you land up you end up back on a planet as a dude like that's got to be there's got to be a youtube video of that but i don't want to watch it i'm going to do that for real it's going to be the best <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take me like I mean, hours, the, but. so right now this is an early access game kerbal space program you can get it on steam 
and I think probably from their website as well. I think it's been on the website for a long time now and was recently added to Steam. Um, and it's right now there's, it's, there's only the sandbox mode. So you just have to go in and like figure out how to do all this stuff yeah, yourself. The menu but has, a, yeah, the menu has a great out career thing that I think is going to be really awesome if they do it well. Yeah. Um, you could imagine a version of this that just kind of like with fairly wide berth steps you through the various general um, stages you have to achieve. Yeah. Right now it's very much like getting into Minecraft or something for the first time where you right. just are like, yeah. Yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to get very far unless you just. Unless you look up, a, unless you look up a YouTube video or, or a wiki page, because there's yeah. no tooltips or anything in the so like at least in the current version. Yeah. In the current version, yeah. So even knowing like how to activate, um, like various modal states that you need to be in to launch your rocket, like you have to either yeah. look in like, the like press key bind, bar key to bind menu launch or the like rocket. Yeah. We we, we built, we that built one yeah. ship first with no instructions, then just set it down on the launch pad and looked at yeah. it for five minutes. And we're like, cool. Although we did only look at the one very initial. YouTube training thing, yeah. and from that point, we're able to kind of. We're good, you know, we got pretty far, not yeah. as far as Nick, though. Yeah, yeah. But Nick it's was fine. building off. I was having, having watched. I was, I was standing on the shoulders of babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, on the shoulders of babies. That's hilarious. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I knew you weren't when you started saying standing on the shoulder. I knew you weren't going to say something complimentary. <laughs> I didn't. I hadn't. I didn't call babies in advance. God, yeah. Nick is an asshole. This this episode. What do you mean this episode? <laughs> Ouch. Ouch! Sick burns here. I don't know. You were the one describing your like epic. That was so like, good. Terror. You have to, you, reign you, of terror. I remember every moment of that week. God, that, that, I, whole, I that week is like a military pretty, campaign. It's like, pretty fuzzy. To I want, I'm going to write my autobiography, and it's going to all be about that week. And then there's like, he was born and he died. But then also, he played <laughs> Neptune's Pride for a week, and his fucking life was destroyed. He, he wrecked But people. not as destroyed Just, as everyone else's yeah, yeah, lives. No, no, no. He, he, he conquered. People. It was glorious. He came, he <laughs> saw, he conquered space <laughs> for a week. That is Nick Brecken yeah. on the shoulders of babies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 So... Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Bye forever. Video games. We votes uh, is going away. Oh man. Everybody votes the Wii channel. Oh, it is? Nintendo's shutting down all their. It's going away. Channels. Yeah. Oh, I love that channel. Oh Wait, yeah. Did you really? Why? What did you? You can't channel. vote on which is better. You Dogs love? or cats? I know. I want to know. What, what do did people you, think? What did you just love? say? No, I didn't actually love it. Oh, okay. I just, I did actually use it quite a bit when it came out. Really? Um. Just out of like morbid curiosity. <laughs> did anything? Not any not curiosity with like the actual polls. Just like why does this exist? It also I, just, I really did want to know what people's favorite yeah. holiday was. Yeah, I wanted to know if people thought I should launch my Neptune's Pride ships at Gertab <laughs> or Paluku or whatever the fuck those planets were called. Yeah. Paluku. <laughs> Gertab was one of them. Oh yeah, Gertab. Oh god. Because I made that the image, battle of Gertab. I made that image fuck. based on the yeah based on the moon. Oh yeah. Po- movie poster. Oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That week. God, Gertab, you had like, what, hundreds just, and hundreds of uh, ships on one planet? That was so weird. I was I new to Bethesda at that time. And people were just like, are you going to work ever? Like, are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you're just staring at a space game. Like, what? Yeah. Is this community management? Yeah. Is this, <laughs> some of these people played Bethesda games? Probably. Get the word out. <laughs> some of these people know who Bethesda is. Uh, this is a video this game. I work game. in a video game company. Social networking. Hello. <laughs> Online game, Hello. web browser game, <laughs> web webinar. Oh, we have webinars. Mm. Mm. We should probably have an idle thumbs webinar. 
Do you prefer chat rooms or webinars? A lot of asks. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't everybody's channel. That was just a water's interview with someone else from Nintendo. Oh, yeah. You prefer the Wii or the Wii U? <laughs> Sorry to announce everybody votes is closing due to. <laughs> due to what? Due to the results of this? Due everybody to, votes. No, due poll? to inability to oh. sustain a voting audience. <laughs> <laughs> We've fallen below the sample size. Mm, games. What are we talking about? I don't know. Um, prison architect. All right. Jake is, Jake <laughs> Jake is sad. Is, Jake is the saddest. He just remembers the corpse of that podcast. Yeah, I remember all that stuff we were talking about about prison architect. <clears throat> it could happen again. I was hoping that by me looking up that a dream would happen where <laughs> right, just the I'm, audio I'm, of the yeah, previous right. conversation <laughs> came in with an echo, but instead it would be like. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, it's not really the and dream that, that I want to relive. Oh, what was that, Chris? Oh, what was what? Oh, I don't know. Some sort of gag, 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 Oh, uh, goo, goo, gaga. Uh, so, hey, Prisoner Architect, this yeah. is the all early access betas episode where we only talk about games which you can buy and play that aren't yet out but are released. It's true. Um, so let's talk about Prisoner Architect. I'm going to be a dude in that game. Have you played it? I donated to it. Yeah. What do you mean you're going to be a dude in that They're game? They're making me into a dude in that game. Oh, I, Brecken I is going to be a character? I'm going to be a prisoner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Citizen Brecken? Citizen Brecken. So this yeah, is a... execute me. This is a... Um, this is from Introversion, the guys who made uh, Defcon and uh, Darwinia mm. and Uplink. Um, it's a builder game uh, where you construct... A, I mean, it seems obvious based on the name, but you construct a prison uh, that has to house... An increasing number of prisoners. You get new prisoners, I don't know, every day or every week or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, on a regular basis. And you have to construct their cells and hire staff and uh, keep expanding to fit the growing population and keep them from just um, like killing each other or escaping uh, or any, you know, any number of other things that can go wrong. Uh, it's pretty – it's one of the most depressing games I've ever played. <laughs> Like, I mean, wow. it, have you played it, Nick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you disagree? I don't know. I I find this game incredibly depressing. If I think about it. I try not to think about video games, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, I mean, people describe, like, cart life as depressing. And, like, I I, I see where they're coming from, but it, I don't feel that way about it. Cart life is like, more, like, melancholy for you than or something? or like. Yeah, but it's also, like, the thing that, I mean, it's about someone trying to, like, make a better mm. life for themselves like it, it's like unfortunate Did things you get to happen the point where but... the guy from cart life gets incarcerated and becomes a character in prison <laughs> architect oh god <laughs> um but i i guess one i guess for me like I, I i think to some people a game is like sad or depressing if there are like things in it that are sad which is totally reasonable but like for me the thing that makes it sad or depressing to me is when you as the player are asked mm. to perpetuate something that is like systematically creates a depressing environment and because games are systemic in nature that's actually possible to do in a way that you that is much harder to do in a movie like movies are depressing for the more traditional reason which is like it de depicts depressing things or like right. you know is has a, a tragic end or whatever but in this game like you as the player are tasked with creating an environment that is like inherently dehumanizing it's and yeah. is like I don't know. There's something. It's so weird. It's the exact opposite of what most builder games ask you to do, which is like 
create a great society and like you know make it prosperous mm-hmm. and make people happy and stuff. And I mean, you still are trying to do that in this game. You're in trying the to sense make them that, happier. Yeah, you're trying to make them happier. But like, but you're also trying to however, <laughs> it's it's nearly impossible to do that and maintain any yeah. money as your stupid prison, which has to make yeah. money. Which right. Is gross. Like one of the things that's effective about the game and and makes it so horrifying is like you really are. You start off with like barely enough money to create even the basic yeah. prison that actually has running water and electricity and a staff and a holding cell and a, and a canteen and a kitchen and all the things that the game tells you are like the bare minimum. It's actually really hard to make all of that stuff on the ten thousand dollars that the game gives you at the beginning. So you have to immediately start taking out like grants to you know, um, yeah, to to achieve it. But like. But it's you know it's very different than a than like SimCity or something, like the polar opposite of SimCity or something where you can kind of do whatever and stuff will basically work to some degree. At least the new SimCity. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Um, uh, but man, it's a it is a weird it is a weird game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, mechanically, uh, it's really interesting. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I think it's a good game. Like mm-hmm. from a, just a you know, it's but it is thematically disturbing for yeah. sure um which i think is in, like i think that's good i don't know i feel like this isn't a game i'm gonna play like SimCity for 40 hours for sure but it is a game that i'm interested to play when it's finished and see what they do with it from a thematic standpoint because mm-hmm. i know like in the tutorial there's a little sort of vignette. yeah i was not crazy about that stuff yeah i don't know like i don't know how i feel about it um but yeah, I mean, there's like a, there's a little story vignette of a guy who gets sent to prison, and then you end up basically send him to the death chamber, right? Is that, is that chair? You have to build the electric chair. You have to build the electric chair. Yeah, and then there's like a little moment where he talks to a priest, I think, or something, and then and yeah, then you, you send and then you send him over. And, yeah, but all prisoners. I think, and then my copy of it crashed, and then when I started a new game, I had a blank one because it considered to be completely tutorial. So I don't know what I don't oh, know weird. the fate of that guy. Oh well, well uh, he, dies. he dies. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, that's what happens when you send all those electricity volts through him. Yeah, except in my version where I built the pool table. Oh yeah, what did you do with yours? Um, I told people about this on the previous episode. No, you didn't tell anyone. So you didn't about tell it. anyone. But yeah. No, I know. You thought you were. Um, I just I realized partway through the tutorial, and I don't know if it was by design or not, that the tutorial was giving you suggestions but not requirements. The entire full mm. game system was running during the tutorial, which yeah. is not usually the case. Well, I think in they are. They are requirements to progress, but it, they're right. You have to meet the objectives of the tutorial, but, but on your way to doing but that, you're not you can do whatever you want. Right? So it it at that point revealed how to do custom floors and how to add objects because I was supposed to put a cement floor and then drop an electric chair in. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just put a nice, uh, <laughs> lay in a nice polished hardwood floor and uh, put the electric chair on that. Yeah. And then put a pool table in there. Um, <laughs> so it's nice in there, right? Right. Um, and then the next step in the tutorial was to create the cement path that connects the room uh, your little weird death room mm-hmm. to the yard so yeah. that they can escort the prisoner there, which meant that the next time that break came up, um, I'd left that door open. So prisoners just went into the room with the electric chair and started playing pool. <laughs> God, that's so fucking morbid. <laughs> I know. Which was, which is fantastic. Oh God. Um, yeah. It, yeah, <laughs> you made your rec room. It painted a really weird picture in of just the like death we're just, chamber. Yeah, yeah, we're just like we're we're hard up we're on totally space, but someone did donate this pool table. So right. yeah, um, if you guys don't mind it being in here, <laughs> you can at least you can play pool now, which we'll I'm sure you'll appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I put it there mostly because it really grossed me out and amused me <laughs> in a terrible way that there would be the scene at the end of the tutorial where what which I didn't get to that was the guy. 
being put to death yeah. by me and whoever else was in the room watching it. But then also making all of the stupid little AI characters have to crowd around the existence of a pool table in that <laughs> tiny room. <laughs> God, but I didn't so I didn't get to see it yeah. because the game crashed. And then I felt better about myself. Yeah. Um, and then I failed miserably because to make the, a functioning because prison. Because this thing you did had been erased from, <laughs> yeah. from I didn't have to see the results yeah. of my own, like, dicking around with people's lives. Right. Um, I mean, the thing that the thing that was really affecting for me, and I, I mean, this is the kind of thing that I, I guess probably decreases as you become more competent with the game because you you understand the sort of order of reparations you have to do right from the beginning. But I had to make a few prisons in a row before I had one that that was actually a good use of money right from the start and functioned in any reasonably um, effective way. And I f- I found like by doing this several times, I started to just get com- like distrustful of my prison like i just i started to feel like simultaneously distrustful of and fearful of these little prisoner ai guys because they would just you know like they'll they'll get in riots or like they'll try to escape and so i i immediately in an endless riot yeah and like the and so i would immediately start like my brain would already go through this process of thinking about them yeah like just sort of just cattle to be controlled as opposed to human right. beings. I mean, it's a video game, so they're never going to be actual human beings. But I thought about them way differently than I did just like The Sims in Sim City or something. Like well, I was just, immediately like, "Fuck, got to like early have on guards, got to make sure these guys are like regimented." Like early on know. in the game, when you don't know exactly what prisoners are capable of, just as as video game NPCs and also yeah. just as people. Like if I leave the door open, are these guys just going to run out and try to escape? Are they going to yeah. just go crazy and kick the shit out of everything? Like yeah. Well, actually, I had an I had an experience last night playing where I, when you I, um, through some complicated series of events, one of my, um, due to like, related to the fact that jail cell doors can only be opened by guards, mm-hmm. but not construction workers, so guards have to open them for them. Right, and sometimes that leads to like weird situations where they can't path right. Uh, it's where the game's not broken, but just the guy literally can't get through the door because it's not well, unlocked. And anyway, one of my construction workers ended up leaving a box in the doorway of one of the sliding jail doors. And so the door wouldn't close. It would like start to close and it would hit the box and then it would open again. And all my prisoners just ran away. Yeah. Like they all just That's escaped. Amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. It was actually really amazing. But yeah, I, it was, it ruined that, like, that prison. Um, <laughs> and then another, <laughs> that one asshole. Uh, yeah, and then another game I was playing, and my guy. So um, there are like things that are scheduled to happen at different parts of the day. One of which is eating. And so when you get to the point of time of day where it's time to eat, your guards will escort, do their best to escort your prisoners from either their individual cells or from their shared holding cell or whatever combination of those into the canteen, where the cooks will then bring food from the kitchen in there, and they will eat. And for some reason, I don't know if I didn't have enough food or something. My guys all in the in the canteen, my prisoners, just started kicking the shit out of each other. They got in this huge brawl, like smashing the trays of food yeah. and stuff. Um, and I'm like, oh my god. And then they somehow like out this big fighting blob like migrated back into the into the holding cell and the guards locked the doors and they just kept they just kept fighting. Yeah. They just kept fighting and kept fighting and kept fighting. And it was like it got to be like four AM. And they were still all just beating the shit out of each other. And I had two doctors who were just in there perpetually oh, yeah. just healing everyone, yeah, like going back and like getting more game, uh, like hypo needles coming back, like healing the guys. Yeah. Like I didn't know what – I I, had, I could not figure out what to so do. Did you just close that file and start a new prison? 
well, eventually, like, I got so depressed, I just alt f forward and just the next time I started up, it just started me up with a clean prison. And I'm like, oh, it was a really reality is erased. Yeah, yeah, it was a very like taxing experience. Like, it it was just, it was like one of those, um, because it went on for days. Like, it just they never got out of it. And like, I don't know. I mean, it was like um, one of those um, like underground. Like a, is it a coal mine fire where like mm. a fire gets started and will just burn for decades and decades and yeah. decades and it's like well you can't ever live here again this is just gone this is just that's why you should have taken Sean's advice forever. and just cement slab them in <laughs> leave, leave it there. Just over the doors yeah just leave yeah. it there forever oh god <laughs> yeah I don't know the game's not done so there are a lot of really wonky things that happen yeah I mean it's a, it's a simulation that like. It's weird, but like I follow those guys on Twitter, and just it's constantly like, "Well, today all the prisoners forgot where to pee, and they're just peeing on the walls." Like it's just a constant bug mess. <laughs> so it's hard for me to like judge that game as a final thing. Yeah, but like, I mean, it works well enough. I mean, it, it does to get uh, to like get what it's going for and to be suitably grossed out by it. The yeah. uh, the actual just sort of scale of simulation that they've chosen to use is one that I like a lot. Like I mm. I don't play a ton of sim games or even building games of of whatever type this is so this might be incredibly super stupidly common but having to cordon off an office and then it just listing you the requirements of a room to be classified as an office means you need to buy a desk you need to buy Mm -hmm. a chair and it means you need to buy a file cabinet or like if it's uh if you build a toilet you obviously need to have a water pump and you need to run water to it and like that stuff happening the sort of facilities level, the the scale of that operates at, I like a lot. Like I thought that at first I would just end up zoning stuff, and then it would auto populate that stuff. But then mm-hmm. realizing that I had to buy all the furniture and make every single yeah. Yeah. every single choice, it was cool. Just because you get really strong aesthetic control, but also you're dealing with really really specific functional requirements in a right. way that is really yeah. really uh, yeah nice until. It all bugs out and goes insane. It doesn't work correctly. But the right. intent behind a lot of that stuff is really nice. I yeah. haven't had a lot of experiences where I, I saw things that seemed like they were straight up bugs. I mean, that Infinite Riot thing might have been, but it also might just be one of the things that happens in a highly I had a lot of doors that were like where... half attached to a wall or opened on the mm-hmm. wrong axis suddenly even though uh, I rotated them correctly. Yeah, or uh-huh. characters who would just get trapped in a room and would just decide that their task was a failure when they could have actually just opened the door themselves. Mm, yep. Like I had people lock themselves into an office and then just decide... I'm never coming out of the office and I couldn't figure out why. And then it just said that their job was attempted and failed like 500 million Uh, times because they couldn't, they wouldn't leave the room. Yeah. Lots of little things that were just individual people or like one individual system on one individual object would for some reason Mm -hmm. get it one state flipped and then that would sort of cascade out and cause weird stuff to happen. It's a really cool thing because of that. I mean, we talked with SimCity, I think about, um, simulating everything down to individual elements and then ho- hoping that that creates an actual greater meaning that feels right. And Prison right. Architect actually does feel better in that regard than SimCity to me. Where oh, like, yeah, and I think part sure. of that is because it's smaller scale. Yes. Yeah. But even the, the tutorial prison <clears throat> is not tiny. Like the number of no, actual yeah, autonomous but agents. But it's all like... Yeah. yeah I mean, SimCity is way... is like they fudge a lot more to achieve the large scale. Yeah, Sim- that's like, true. Prison Architect doesn't fudge anything, at least doesn't appear to. That's true. In that, in that way. Um, it's it's cool to see very clearly everyone's intent and everyone's like multiple exposed properties that, that they all have depending on their class and all and their states and see all yeah. that stuff working as harmoniously as it God, does. Speaking it's cool. Of, speaking of like, so um, Jake, you were saying the other day that this game, that they list Dwarf Fortress as an inspiration, which, um, you know, that guy, that game is kind of the, 
um, just canonical, like modern individual scale, like person right. scale, uh, social sim game. Um, I was re- there was a really, really good piece in the New Yorker, uh, or on, oh, not yeah. in the New Yorker magazine, but on the blog, I think, uh, recently about the SF MoMA exhibit that was running during GDC where they, they put a bunch of video games in the museum in the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. And, uh, the, the thesis of the, at least at the beginning of the art of the article, the thesis was kind of, it doesn't make any sense to display a video game in a museum. Like it's not a good place to play a video game. Like people, he was just the author, the author of the post, he or she was describing the people playing the games as kind of interacting with them kind of like hesitantly and right. people weren't really, weren't really able to like yeah. get into the game the way you would if you're I mean, playing SimCity was one of the games. Well, SimCity and Dwarf Fortress yeah. were both there, but they were both deemed like just too yeah. overwhelming mm-hmm. and complex to actually have playable. So they just had screenshots of them. Right. You know, and the author of the post was saying, I mean, why this is just, I mean, that's just in itself is kind of. Evidence of how silly uh, an endeavor this is, but then from that point, he went on. He or she went on to, um, to just kind of just use that as a launching point, just to discuss um, SimCity and Dwarf Fortress as games and how uh, Dwarf Fortress builds on the kind of just foundational existence of SimCity to be a way, way more insane, crazy thing. And the reason I bring this all up is just because one of the uh, one of the uh, anecdotes cited in this blog post just demonstrates the level of insane simulation that Dwarf Fortress gets up to, which is apparently it simulates like individual oh, layers yeah. of skin yeah. in dwarves. And at one point, one of the dwarves, the you know, the dwarves, one of their skin layers, its melting point was set such that if the dwarves became damp yeah. and then went into a warm like a room where the temperature was above a certain amount they would just melt like the like or something like i mean it's just like holy <laughs> shit. for that to happen entirely systemically yeah um based on that level of micro simulation on the like just individual person or you know individual dwarf level is just preposterous yeah. especially happening in a game that's all represented by ascii art it's totally crazy yeah yeah God, dwarf fortress is such an amazing thing it's so weird yeah. I don't know why I brought that. I, it doesn't really relate to anything specific. In anyway, it's a dwarf skin will melt if wet. <laughs> <laughs> that is just such a. It's such a crazy. I, I was just. It was an amazing thing to read. Sorry. Yeah. No. That's, no, that's, that's yeah. No. That's yeah. No. That's yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sim games. Games. They're good. Games. games are weird. They are. I really like simulations. Yeah. I feel like they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they do. I, good, the that's, thing that's cool good. about them. This is. Yeah, this you. is what I was saying to Jake uh, yeah. yesterday. There's something. That is really un- – obviously you can do really amazing stuff with sort of direct avatar control games like the yeah. kind we talk about more more frequently than any, any other, you know, game where you run a person around. Um, but there is there is a certain thing that a simulation game achieves mm-hmm. that is just completely impossible yeah. to, to experience through any other kind of, of uh, you know, creative work. And one of the things – one of the ones that – the things that, that is fascinating to me um, with something like Kerbal Space Program – I mean, with uh, with Prison Architect, there's like the morbidity, the kind of like potential for baby walling stuff, you yeah. know, like as Sean coined, you know, where you can just do really horrific things. But there's another separate um, kind of just unique to simulation software. I mean, it doesn't have to be a game, but it's most frequent games where the only the only way to that someone who's super into 
like the space program and to the idea of like rocket science and like uh, in the practical world, um, you know, how that stuff actually plays out in reality or something approaching reality. Like that person has to watch either someone else's canned mm. simulations or they have to watch like a special on the Discovery Channel or like a movie, uh, maybe even a fictionalized movie about um, like one of the, you know, Apollo programs or, like from or something. from the Earth to the Moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah something or like that. Or they have to dedicate their life to reading a bunch of shit. Right. Uh, but in games, in a game like Kerbal Space Program, which is, you know, I mean, you could theoretically have a version of this that is actually NASA or whatever, yeah, but it's the yeah. same, same basic thing. Like this, um, the you co-branded can, Kerbal Space Program, NASA. Whatever, that'd be rad. <laughs> um, you can make that game, the exact same game, yeah. like just two tries right back to back. One of them can just be the most legitimate, majestic as hell just out of control, amazing NASA-inspired rocket launch that that achieves all the things, and the other one can just be Jake's crazy like yeah. fifty just, spiral rockets yeah. bolted onto a thing, and <clears throat> the game system will treat them both with the same amount of reverence, yep. which I think is just really cool. Yeah. You know, like Jake can launch his thing, and and on stage five, the whole thing just starts spinning out of control and like going in a in a crazy bonkers flight path, and it's like this this game will be just as rigorous. With the physics yep. simulation of either yeah. of these, and that's amazing. Simulations allow you to basically recreate what like early flight was, <laughs> like you know the process of just like making garbage that doesn't work <laughs> whatsoever, yeah. and then finally you have the right, one but thing it's, that actually it's, does it's work. It's stuff that's only ridiculous to the human observer, not right. to the actual rules yeah. that govern its existence. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. I mean, I, the no, thing I, I mean, just it, said it, is well, kind I mean, of it, is it like the actual thing I said is obvious, but I, well, right. it's still something I think is really cool. I mean, it communicates the feeling of that process more than it actually represents it, but it's that's why it's nice. I mean, it, it, you know, it allows you. But to, it can represent the result fairly faithfully if the simulation is accurate. Well, sure. I mean, I mean, something like Kerbal Space Program is more physically rigorous than like SimCity or yeah. uh, or Prison Architect, but those are different goals as games. Right, but yeah. Kerbal Space Program, unlike a film or a book, which is all of the meaning is governed by a human being. It is going to tell you the guy making the wing flapping right. airplane is a ridiculous idiot. Whereas <laughs> right. the yep. people who made Apollo 11 are just majestic, like pinnacles of humanity. Whereas Kerbal right. space programs, like whatever you want to do, yeah. yep. I will allow you to launch it and witness for yourself. What happens? Mm-hmm. Thank, enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can in fact rapidly oscillate between those two in yes. the same launch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. AKA the best. Yep. Yeah. God. Every stage being just the most like classical NASA rocket until the last one, which is just an insane disaster. It was the funniest. <laughs> I know. Thing. It's so good that you can build a rocket that is a study in comic timing. Right. Just yeah, like I know. Right. A three phase fucking joke of yep. seriousness, increased <laughs> seriousness. And then just your main <laughs> capsule is just a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> right. So good. Yeah. Um, that's why video games are good. Your main capsule is a punchline. Yeah. Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> At uh, hand.com. Yeah. Yeah, it's Steam is fully inundated with all this stuff right now in a way that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, we're in a really good era for this kind of game. This early access stuff I like a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like it, Nick? I do. Are you sure? I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you prefer? I, we ex- experience whatever the hell that thing's called. Oh, everybody oh, votes. God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's not called the Wii experience. The Wii <laughs> experience. Mm. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's weird. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I mean. It's another thing that we talked about the other day, but. The, I see where we're going. You don't have to, you don't have to <laughs> say that. What, what did we do? Oh, no. Just 
Uh, I mean, it's something that you said, Chris, and I, th- I think it's right. And it's the, the early access stuff, the sort of like the model that I always end up in my brain calling the Minecraft model because it's what I always think of as the first one to make a bazillion dollars off of, al- off mm. of Alpha Access, but just mm-hmm. it offering a potentially like a creatively healthier alternative to the free-to-play model right. for yeah, getting yeah, yeah. an audience yep. engaged and and yep. uh, monetarily as well as figuratively bought in on your project yep. Yep. and letting you build and iterate on it with a live audience but not simultaneously having a business model that requires that you milk them. Yep. Right, or, or requires that you unduly integrate that business model into the game design. Right, right. You know, like there's the nice thing about alpha funding is that you can continue to to bring in revenue while you're still developing yep. the game, which is of huge value to especially indies. Um, but you can do it in kind of an aesthetically purer way where you don't, even if, I mean, like, even if you think your free-to-play game is, like, not encumbered by your business model, maybe it's not. Like, I'm sure there are free-to-play games that are do not suffer from that. But you just, you don't even need to worry about it if you aren't butting that off. But, like, you still get a lot of the benefits that free-to-play would get you. And from the player standpoint, it's nice that you're getting something up front, and mm-hmm. beyond that, it's kind of yeah. whatever. I, I mean, was, I and that's saying, the thing. That's the telling... difference between that and, like, a Kickstarter, you know, where, like, I'm giving you $20, and I'm waiting for something. And right. But with, with this, it's like, well, I've given you my money. I've gotten something that I enjoy, and, and whatever you, happens, happens. You know, though, that odds are high that if you check back on – if you play the game for a little bit – Check back sure. in a few months. Yeah, it's going exactly. to be, it'll be improved. It'll yeah. be improved yeah. measurably. But and usually, then, when I buy one of those, I feel like even if it's even if it doesn't go anywhere, or you know, I'm at least still, you got something. At least, well, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I'm, no, I'm totally. basically buying something that yeah. I want to experience yeah. now, and beyond that, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also just like just saying this to Jake, but like you the, like saying this to me. I like I like <laughs> saying things to Jake. Um, so I'm just going to look at Nick while I address Jake <laughs> and see how weird this becomes. Seeing Jake, how do you feel about Alpha Sunday? <laughs> I couldn't help looking at Jake just now. God damn it. Anyway, um I was just gonna say as a as a player, I just so much prefer being able to pay the upfront amount that has been decided on and just not have to worry right. about a bunch of like other potential indefinite costs that that I might have to buy over the course of my game experience. Just I like just not having to worry about that at all. Just all right. Mm-hmm. I'm helping you make your thing. I'm paying this flat fee, like good. Thanks. Yeah. It's just nice. And and you know, I mean Obviously, games that are you just develop all up front and it's all the way are the same thing. But alpha funding feels – I'm glad it exists because it feels like a tangible alternative mm-hmm. for developers who might have to otherwise explore those other funding models that I'm less crazy about. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, I mean, a resource for the developers too. I mean, especially with something like Prison Architect. You go on the forums and it's like, you're a thousand bugs. We found oh, that for you. Yeah, yeah, Here yeah, you yeah, are. No, like, true. oh, you know. Yeah, so. that seems to be going on like – Kerbal Space Program obviously has been around yeah. since 2011, it seems. Um, thanks to everyone in the oh, yeah. world who's told us to play this goddamn game. <laughs> sure, yeah, basically ever since it was first available, our readers have been have been clamoring for us to play this, and we've somehow managed to ignore them completely for yep. two years. I don't know why. That was really but bad call on our I know part. Don't Starve seems like it's a popular game Yeah, I want to well. play that. Have, that, have yeah. you guys played that? I, yeah, I have. I played it for yeah. a little bit in the IGF, but I didn't get deep into it. Um, it's good. It's deep. good. I mean, it's. Yeah. I, I don't want to. We can talk about it when we've all played it yeah but, maybe we could check out i'll yeah. play a little more of it yeah. um and but you you see those games bubbling up on steam pretty frequently right now as mm-hmm. well as like yeah. uh towns towns is one of them and then um god 
feel like there's another one that's been around recently. Well, Don't Star was actually a Chrome exclusive, weirdly enough. And that was, it's, it's, what? yeah, it's, yeah. The browser? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it through Steam? For the, yeah, Google, Google for the, funded that game. And then, and then, um, when you get it through Steam, does it play in your browser? Google must have funded the beta you, access for it because it's in beta on Steam right now. Like, it's not out, 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 is it? It's out on Chrome. It's the betas on Steam. Oh, weird. Yeah, what? you can buy, if, I think if you buy, wait, so this is, how, this is, so works. this beta is literally just to like, I think test so. PC compatibility stuff, I not think to. So. I could be wrong, but I, I, when I bought a Steam key, I also got a Chrome key. Hmm. Um, and it was on Chrome like last year. I know um, I played it. On maybe that it's still undergoing. Initially. Maybe it's still ongoing development. Because I mean, I think it is actually. As I recall, I, I remember they're adding things to it on a fairly frequent basis. Like every every week, they're like, "Oh, we've added this or that." So yeah, I mean, they're 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 still developing it, but um, it 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 launched on Chrome. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, Google is doing a few exclusives these days. But weird. Know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, the only place I ever see it is on Steam. Mm. Um, that game, um, uh, Jordan Weissman's company made a game that came out on Chrome that uh, it was funded by Bungie. Mm. They made that game Crimson uh, Pirate. Thing. I mean, I assume it's like a oh, kind of spiritual yeah. Crimson yeah. Skies thing. But um, Weird. Yeah. Bungie has a division called Bungie Aerospace that funds indie games. Hmm. Weirdly. I don't huh. know. No one ever talks about this. But they've Weird. only, I think... I mean, they might have other projects in the works right now, but they've publicly only funded one, which was that Jor- that Jordan Wiseman game. You know, the guy who did Faza, the guy who did um, like BattleTech and, and Crimson Skies and yeah. all, and like Shadowrun and all that stuff. Huh. Um, and he made a web-based game that they funded like last year or something. I don't know. This is I don't have anything to say about it, but it's yeah. kind of fun. I played it for a bit. Sweet. Cool. Do you want to take a break and then read some mail? Sure. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. For good. Goodbye forever. See you. This is the final episode of Battle Thumbs. Bye. We're hey. out. Ah, video games. It's. <laughs> Wait, no, that's your job. What was that? <laughs> Are you serious? I just forgot how it goes. <laughs> well, you did? Yeah. Oh, and I thought you were just doing an Idle Thumbs 52, no. like callback to Idle Thumbs. No. Because no. no one was saying anything, and oh. I was like. Is it me? It's so apparently by me just being quiet, I can fully disrupt yeah. the start of every episode. The first thing was that I forgot what the date was, so that's why I stopped the first time. But then forgetting what the date was reminded me that I never say the date. So, oh man! So, do you wish you could rewind time? For- it's April seventeenth, twenty thirteen. This is Idle Thumbs 102. I'm Jake Rodkin. I'm Chris Reno. And I'm Sean Bannon. Wow. That was a disaster. That was, Whatever that was. That was weird. That was interesting. That was new. New and different. Yeah. Please go with it? Yeah. All right. That was, man, that was weird. All right. What? We're back. I need access to the email. We're back. Oh. Nick <laughs> needs access to the email. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so we're going to do reader mail, but before we do reader mail, I wanted to really quickly uh, mention with respect to our podcast uh, that was – or respect to our, uh, to our discussion about Bioshock Infinite on, on last week's podcast, um, it was pointed out to me, uh, obviously accurately, that my having worked at Irrational for, uh, for a while on Infinite put me in a different position than the other guys here when we were talking about that game um, – and I just wanted to acknowledge that and say that's true. And I hope that 
uh, any of my former colleagues at Irrational who worked on that game uh, take that discussion in the proper spirit because I do – I think I said this in the discussion, but I do think that the people at Irrational are some of the absolute most uh, ridiculously talented and uh, passionate people you could ever possibly work with. It was consistently amazing. And I do think that the individual uh, contributions people made to that game are astonishing. Like just throughout that game is a ridiculous uh, achievement in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I, I stand by my general feeling about the kind of a, a lot of the way that game comes together. But in terms of a piece of work made up of component parts by talented people, like it's pretty impressive to the extreme. And I hope that, uh, Everyone irrational uh, understands that. I mean, I'm sure they know because they they worked on it and they're there. But um, I hope I was not misunderstood in that in that way. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, anyway, reader mail. You threw it out there. I did. Um, Thomas Burton says, "Hey, Dear Thomas. Nick. Yeah, this is all of these are effectively addressed to Nick because Jake and I already read these on the ruined cast yesterday. So uh, this is all on you, Nick. I hope you have interesting things to say about Dear all of Nick, these emails. Fuck you. <laughs> we read that one last night. We thought it was hilarious. Well, yeah, but, it's less funny now. It's less, the second time is not as funny. Um, uh, Thomas Burton says, hey, Thumbs, your thoughts about giving someone a gift every day for a month reminded me of something my mom once told me. When my siblings and I were little, she would bring us. <laughs> I thought that was funny, Jake. No. When my siblings and I were little, she would bring us candy when she came home from work. She did this for a long time, but eventually started noticing that we were no longer excited to see her when she got home. We were excited to get the candy instead. So she stopped doing it, realizing that she was just trying to assuage her own guilt for not being home with us all day, and candy wasn't going to solve that issue. Your conversation just reminded me about that for some reason, and also connected to how you guys tend to talk about video games. Thought it was interesting. Thomas Burton. Yeah. I thought that was a really good point. I think video games do that, like, both... I think they do it both within game, you know, individual games themselves, but then also in some cases, like systemically across many games, like achievement systems mm -hmm. and stuff can kind of create that just like habitual reward thing where you just start to expect certain amounts of like flashy pop ups as just like sort of certain minimum experience. And do then... you think the video games feel guilty for not spending enough time with you? <laughs> <laughs> I feel guilty for spending as much time as I do with video games. Yeah. With me? Oh, yeah, with, with my buddy Jake. Collecting I feel, those sweet Chivas? I wish I spent less time with you. I feel uh -huh. guilty about how much time I spend with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. N none of those systems ever really affect me. I, I just I, I was immune to them from day one, so I feel strange talking about them ever. I can't relate to anybody who actually responds to them. I feel like they're just some kind of weird thing designed for aliens. Like I just I don't know. Like achievements, yeah, for babies. I, I've never I've never once cared about any of that. Like even in a strange. So if you like, if you had a mom who came home every day and gave you candy, you would mostly be excited to see your mom. I would love to see my mom. I would love that candy too, but only because I was excited <laughs> to see my mom. I would say, "Oh, thanks, mom." If your mom wasn't around, the fuck feeling, that candy. Yeah, the, I don't really give a shit about the candy. It's just, it's I like my mom. That's <laughs> heartwarming, Nick. <laughs> really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't relate to someone liking their mom. That just seems, like, <laughs> it just seems so strange, huh? Never really thought about that before, huh? Hmm. Mother's Day is coming up. <laughs> Yep. Hope I get some sweet candy. Yeah, hope I get some candy. Mm. Hope I get an achievement for seeing my mom on Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded this app uh, that tracks if you call your mom for Mother's Day every year. I'm on a four-year streak 
Got to get that sweet Chivo for the fifth year. The fifth year? Yeah. yeah. I don't have that app. It does occur to me that probably is an app. Yeah. Like, after I no, said I'm sure it, it, I'm is. like, that's almost certainly... If it's not, maybe there's a little money there. Maybe there's gold in oh, those man. Hills. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Called Mom. Yeah. Actually, the app is probably... That's, I, oh, it it's, reminds you. It's, um, it reminds I think you. Steve's actually working on that. <laughs> Called Mom? No, he's working on Gone Home from the Fulbright Company. <laughs> that's home. It's an iOS social app for... Uh, oh. tracking off and you meet your, you go back home to see your family for events like Mother's Day and you get achievements right. and you know mm-hmm. little gifts yeah. mm-hmm. uh, like wallpapers tolerated Uncle Frank I'm still not sure how my soundtrack actually minutes. ties into that app um, Steve contracted me to do a bunch of music for Gone Home but it doesn't seem like that app is a very good home for a bunch of original music no I think it has like um, it's got like a GPS type situation where you log the address of your home you didn't you didn't know but Steve's actually contracted like Many diseases. I said contracted instead of contracted. <laughs> Steve has contracted uh, probably ten to twelve additional composers, and the game um, it, tri- it tries to look at your texts and emails yeah. and things if yeah. you give it access to mm-hmm. see what sort of relationship you have with mm-hmm. your family, and mm-hmm. then it plays the appropriate music as you ah, approach the home. Right when you're trying to go home, that makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes a lot yeah. more sense now. So your music plays when you're visiting, I guess, like a family with whom you have a sort of. Uh, challenging but generally ah. kind of healthy seeming 90s relationship oh that makes the direction he gave me so much yeah. more appropriate um i'm really excited about it yeah yeah um yeah it'll be interesting to see the people who you know who end up with like the hans zimmer score <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't even imagine hmm. it's, Nick. it's just a family of orcs <laughs> yes <laughs> if you're an orc yeah i guess nick is yeah that's if you are Eddie Murphy as the horse as the orc, then you get the Hans Zimmer score <laughs> in Gone Home, the iPhone application from the Fulbright Company. Call your mom. <laughs> God. Uh, Alistair Craig writes, Dear Thumbs, following up on your talk of whether or not games need to be finished, a frustrating film or book can be redeemed by a good ending. Your book club episode on The Crying of Lot 49 highlighted this well. It's a story that could be outright infuriating to read, but por- proportionally rewarding in hindsight to have read. Sure, games are best judged on the moment-by-moment experience, the need to be fun, but it's not immune to the power of a satisfying ending. Have you ever played a bad game made better in hindsight by its final word? An experience you didn't find fun, but which left a lingering feeling of reward? A game you hated playing, but loved having played? Alistair Craig. They were Nazi trains all along. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played Train? No. Yeah. I lived the experience of playing Train by people telling me the twist at the end of Train. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, yeah. Which I've just spoiled. Did I ever play Train? Apparently, unless you don't mind a spoiler. It's, um, it's not a video game. No, it's true. Has a board game been spoiled by? Uh... Man, this Ooh. is another one that we talked about the other day, and I think um, I couldn't. When I thought about this before, I couldn't come up with a game. Well, I think we should point out first of all that the guy's actually kind of asking different things. There's two questions. That's you know, true. Like yeah. a game I couldn't that... come up with a game that I've played. Mm. Jake Rodkin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like part, one of the things he's asking is. One of the one of the categories he, he raises is that of a game, or I guess by extension, another thing that isn't a game, where the ending the end the end justifies the means, basically. But right. then there's also separately the thing where you just you didn't enjoy, enjoy yourself playing the thing, but, but you you then in retrospect, it. you're like, well, that was interesting. That's a, that's a more that, common experience I agree. for me. Me too. Yeah, me too. For um, sure. The one yeah. of the end justifying a negative experience, I don't. I don't I, I'd be very hard pressed to come for me. Because like, yeah. I didn't. I certainly didn't feel that way about the crying of Lot Forty Nine. 
No, I know, I know. Sean, Sean didn't Ky- either. Yeah, I think Sean. It was the latter for Sean, where he did not really like the experience of reading the crying of Lot Forty Nine. Mm-hmm. But then, when thinking back on it and discussing it right. with us on the bookcast, he's like, yeah. "Oh, you know, there's a lot of that." Yeah. You know, because yeah. it sort of changed the hue of his opinion. I think, even though yeah. it didn't change the actual experience. Right. Um. I mean, I think the ending of something can heighten the experience. Like, that's mm-hmm. like yeah. you and I were talking about Braid being a really mm-hmm. good example of that. Like mm-hmm. the last whatever two to five minutes of that game do. Yeah cause a crazy ripple to go back mm-hmm. and you and you reevaluate the past experience but like i said yeah. i think if you hated braid all the way through and were some for some reason forcing yourself to play through an experience you didn't like mm-hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't suddenly get to the end of it and go oh i do like yeah. it yeah no i, I agree I, I can't imagine having that experience very often at all i mean i can't think of any example off the top of my head i can't either but, but, but I mean, it, it, sorry, go ahead. the end the end is paying off what you experienced. I mean, like the, like a satisfying ending is usually the result of Building what you what, is you've, what done, you've yeah. already yeah. gone through. Yeah. And so, if if you're not enjoying that, or if it's not working for you, then it's really yep. you know hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sean had some really really <clears throat> concrete examples. But there were numerous films that I watched as a like in film classes in in college that I just could not really deal with or care for the fact that I was watching them in the in the moment. Yeah, but then they just bore themselves into me and became internalized mm, as things that yeah. I think about and reference all the time, and that happens with music I listen to and books that I read pretty frequently. So this is something that I've actually um, this uh, this ties into something I was thinking about a few months ago about social media and like comment systems on blogs and stuff like that. Is they kind of actively if you let yourself engage with them in the wrong way, they will actively poison your ability to like. Well, because you codify your opinion externally immediately. immediately. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like when you read an article and then instantly just post a comment on it that has like your knee jerk reaction or when you've the second the 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 like lights go on in the movie theater, you're already like it lets your brain sort of take the index card of what that is and then immediately write down sucks and file it away. Mm -hmm. So when you reference it again, the first thing that you see is sucks. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it definitely it, – whereas, you know, before we all had computers in our pockets, like at the very least, you'd have to go through like – I mean you still also do this a lot of the time. But like before you're able to share your opinion of the world, you have to at least walk out of the theater probably right. with your friends or your family and like have that initial banter and then kind of you drive home or you take the train or whatever and you marinate it in for For what it's worth, then, I think all of that is – Well, it's, it all still happens also. It's – the the negative effect of – comments and whatever whatever i think can be combated by you being consciously aware of the fact that it exists by oh, you saying oh, absolutely, sure absolutely. by typing this thing onto twitter saying i just saw whatever a movie mm-hmm. and it was dumb if you know to yourself i wrote that right now but that's just because that was my first impression like yeah. you have to you have to force, it's hard forcibly to, tell yourself it's that. hard to remember that though in in the moment like yeah because you know i mean at least for me like you know, it's easy to just react to the thing and just be accustomed to just reacting to everything publicly at all times. Mm. Um, like it's it is it it's easy to fall into that because all these tools are deliberately designed to be very easy to use yep. and to be instantaneous. Um, so it, it is something sure. to watch out for. Just being aware of, no, 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 of what absolutely. you're doing when you're doing it doesn't yeah. like doesn't mean you shouldn't tweet about your sandwich. <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic example. What? Yeah. Ruin that or Jurassic thing. Park 3D. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. The sandwich. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm actually affected by that. 
You're affected by nothing. Nothing phases Nick. Yeah, Nick I don't know. I, did, I just I have to be honest. I don't I don't feel like I'm pressured by by any of those systems in my life. I don't I don't feel like it ever actually does touch me in a weird way. Like I don't know. But do I rate something on Netflix? I click the thing and it hits. It just goes away, and then I don't think about it ever again. And that doesn't Ooh, really but you affect. Are... Yeah, that's just I mean, to you, make it go away. Like I just don't. I just, eh, whatever. You Four literally stars, click five. a random amount of stars. Usually. <laughs> All right. You might be affected by things more subtly than you think. Like I'm not saying you're like Maybe. high on the scale of I'll being affected by this that. stuff comparing compared to all humanity, but like it's pretty tough to be completely aware of all the things that are that are psychologically affecting you at any level. Like that's I mean that's I'm a, waiting right now for I mean, you to I, be like, "Oh, I'm aware of them." <laughs> well, all right, here's an example. Like I saw The Master in the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on Twitter shortly after and people were like, "What'd you think?" I, I think my response was like, eh, it was something vague. I just, I blew it off because I didn't want to codify my argument at that moment. Like I knew that I needed some time to like yeah. go over that film in my head. You just do the other thing. With you, it's not movies. With you, it's any experience you have. It's instantly the worst experience <laughs> immediately. Yeah. So like everything starts down effect- here just and it just slowly rises and bubbles yeah, yeah. to the top. Yeah. This, this, this uh, process just affects you in different ways. Yeah. Um, um, no, I think I just, I actively don't. I, I I feel like I I um, I'm aware of that and and there as a result good. I'm 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 I basically swing in the other direction now. Of yeah, just no, that's like, good. That's a good I don't habit. want to tell you what I think about this because I don't want to make up my mind right now because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I'm not going like my immediate reaction is basically bullshit. No, that's a good habit. That's a good um, habit. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. I don't think we answered that guy's question at all. That's fine. It's an we'll interesting thing when you think about the role of a critic, though. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. oh. the other thing I was going to say is that it goes the other direction. Yeah. Right? Like, I think in games, um, uh, I mean, not just games, but whatever, mm. like, I see that you see this a lot on, like, kind of nerd-oriented movie review sites mm. and things where, like, people will get really hyped up about a thing. And, like, in the heat of the moment after seeing something oh, yeah. that is, like, where a lot of just money is on the screen, yeah. you know, you immediately have people all rush back to file their blog stories or, like, the reviews mm-hmm. as fast as they can. Everyone's caught up in this, like, holy shit, it was amazing. And then, you know, like, a week later, it's not nearly as right. amazing as it, as it was. But, like, those are all the reactions that got codified, mm-hmm. like, on the aggregators and everything. You know, like, that. that's – that. It's the opposite effect, but it definitely is. Well, that's think, why you just go back and change your score two weeks later, Chris. <laughs> oh man, shots fired. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a very real thing that companies are actually aware of and tend and find ways to to capitalize on. You know, yeah. media, media. Companies, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure. Um, I remember how cool I thought the Phantom Menace was for ten minutes. Me too. Oh yeah, me too. Yep. When I saw that in theaters, like my very immediate reaction was like, oh man. I remember how confused I was that the second Matrix movie was something that I had observed and didn't know what to make of it. Oh, God. Yeah. And then yeah. I was yeah. – that wore off pretty quick though. Yeah. yeah. That, that one I don't actually – that one – That wore off in the car. That one as soon as it was done, I was pretty – that was a funny one actually because I remember seeing it with a bunch of people and I, I remember leaving the theater and they were like, that was amazing. And I was like, that was really stupid. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was a masterpiece. Like I remember them specifically saying yeah. masterpiece. And I was like, oh. oh your friends are uh, questionable. <laughs> they weren't actually my friends. They were all. Oh. No. Shots also funny. No, no, I'll tell you. I saw it with the one person who was my friend and then all of her friends. <clears> and yeah. my friend and I were the ones who were like, that was not – that was a suspicious yeah. film. And all of her friends all thought it was incredible. So mm. – True story. Turns out they made The Matrix too. 
But I did have – I do specifically remember the Star Wars Episode One thing where I was sitting there like after the oh, you know God, end yeah. credits rolled or whatever. Like, I just like, saw a new Star Wars movie. <clears throat> yeah. That was rad. Like that alone was yeah. like so exciting that I was like yeah. disproportionately affected yeah. in, by my reaction of it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean it, it – yeah. It happens. Anyway, that's when I, my opinion changed at the end of a game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just thought the I'm ending sure of Star Wars happened. Episode One was just so strong that it really, you know, really. Star Wars Episode One, the game. <laughs> I don't remember how that movie ended at all. Um, anyway, there was probably a spaceship that blew up or something. Um, Sean Malloy says, "Dear Thumbs Crew." Oh hey, what? I was re- I was replying to him. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Sean Malloy. Oh fine. Uh, uh, hey Chris. Hi Jake. Oh hey. I was just reading some reader mail. Oh cool. Yeah. Uh, dear Thumbs Crew. Oh hey. <laughs> Dear Thumbs Crew. Oh, hey. Dear Thumbs Crew, listening to Patrick Klepik's recent interview with Steve Gainer at GDC, I was stuck by the peculiar way in which we've been trained to explore virtual spaces. Um, Steve mentioned that most of the people playing the Gone, Ho de- Gone Home demo... The Gone Ho demo. The Gone Ho demo. Explored the house in a very systemic fashion, looking at all the objects in each room before proceeding to the next. This is very natural behavior for video game players. Whether it's The Walking Dead, Bioshock, or a Dungeon in Skyrim, we tend to want to clear a room before moving on to the next thing we see. But it's also totally at odds with the way we explore spaces in real life, which tend to involve wandering around, gathering in surface details and impressions rather than immediately rifling every drawer in every room we walk into. The systemic detail-oriented approach to exploration is not only at odds with the situations ostensibly depicted in most of these games, it also tends to break immersion because players have to look so closely that they see all the seams of the world, bad textures, identically tiled books, etc. Is there a way designers can encourage a more naturalistic form of player exploration? Cheers, Sean. And he's got this little end cap here. If you returned home to find your family missing, would you calmly go through each room of your house looking in drawers and under tables? So, first, before we get to the question, mm-hmm. recording this episode a second time <clears throat> is very much like Jeff Goldblum's uh, chaos theory demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> where, like, I'm hearing this, and I'm like, I heard Different this before. Different time. I know. Like, I've heard this before, and we've all talked about it once before. <laughs> But tiny imperfections in the skin. Right. <laughs> like I'm sitting here thinking, do I just say the exact same thing that I said before? Or like, can I make the drop of water right. go off the backside of the hand? Do I have something else completely separate to say? And I don't. That is like a bullshit demonstration that he gives, by the way. I know. They're like, rolling. So, they're like they're rolling they're around. Just she already stopped. She already started well, to like retract her hand. That was such a piss poor demonstration of chaos theory. Jeff he's Goldblum. flirting with her, Chris. I know. There's he subtext is, in that scene, Chris. No, but I still. I, <laughs> he's being Jeff Goldblum. I'm not saying that part isn't successful. That yeah. part totally works where he's like holding her hand to yeah, show yeah, her. Yeah, like yeah. that's all fine. But yeah. like it's just a little too goofy. I feel like she – She buys into it too much. When I was in third grade, I, I thought that like she as an adult just right. – Who has, like could at least have said like – I don't know. I'm not – I didn't – Don't Spielberg how to make his film? <laughs> no, I just mean like you don't have to know anything about chaos theory to know that that experiment is bullshit. You don't have saying. to know anything about chaos theory to know that that's chaos theory. <laughs> He gave a far better example in a minute, though, when he was in the car by himself talking to himself. That's yeah. true. That's true, man. So we all saw Jurassic Park 3D uh, uh, last week in the theater, which was fun. And the thing that was most mind blowing to me about it was that in the scene where Goldblum, the this, Goldblum noises occur, you are fascinated by. This. I'm totally fascinated by it. It blew me away when we. What did it do? It, Jesus. Oh, wow. t- okay, you can't. Okay. Wow. Anyway, yeah. No, when they're in the helicopter approaching Isla Nublar, <laughs> how do you say Isla? Is that what it is? It's. I think it's Isla. 
Isla? I, I, oh god, Isla, I don't know. Maybe. Isla, Isla. It's I had a, a I had a high school a biology. Though, I had a, sure. I had a high school biology Nublar. teacher who renamed herself Isla because she said she fell off a cliff in an island and and woke up in an Aboriginal man's hut. That does not That's... mean that she's pronouncing it right. That may mean that she's absolutely not pronouncing it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, anyway, so they're approaching Isla Nublar. <laughs> God, how did someone write that? Um, and and they're in the they're in the helicopter, and and Goldblum is like, so you you dig up dinosaur bones, and then and Grant is like, whoa, we tried to, and for some reason Goldblum <laughs> thinks that's the funniest shit. Like immediate, well, we tried to. <laughs> Right. I've seen I've seen that laugh the laugh clip on YouTube looped so many times at this point. Yeah, but point. never with the context. Right. right. So I've always forgotten, yeah, that like I It takes nothing my to My brain's always like, "Oh, maybe he laughs it when he has well, to buckle the two seatbelts together." See, or like, no, maybe it's Grant. I think the subtext there is that he knows what the park is, Chris. He knows that they made dinosaurs already. And Grant doesn't. Really? And that's he's laughing at him. Because he pr- goes, "The son of a bitch you did it." So he actually, uh, he actually yeah, knows ahead right. of time. He's, He's in on the surprised. joke. He's still you pretty see? surprised to see the dinosaurs, though. Yeah, you're not picking up on this subtle, like, <laughs> Michael Crichton subtext. I don't think you're quite penetrating the this depths. It's different than the book. Of, it's not yeah, the same as the Crichton's book. Well, he did his script in it. Anyway. <laughs> but I, so anyway, exploring the house in Gone Home and the way players Yeah, it really reminds me of Goldblum noises. <laughs> you're thinking of a different game. It reminds me of when in Jurassic Park they're... Looking at a computer and trying to find something systematically. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, they do. Oh, it's uh, a Unix, it's talking a Unix system. They know yeah. this. She um, knows this. Mm. I mean, I thought it was a really good point that he made. It's though. a good point. And it's, I've actually what thought about you, this before. No, I the know. Question, the question is, what would you do? Yeah, and it's a and really, it's really t- hard design question. question. It's yeah. really, really tough. It would have been nice, actually, I guess, to have Steve on. We already realized this yesterday, and I still read the question. Wow. Uh, I was going to say it would have been nice to ask this when Steve was on. Um, I, I, so maybe we can re-ask him if he's on another podcast someday, mm. uh, which I'm sure he will be eventually. I do think that part of it does come down to the game not simulating the actual situation that would cause you to search a house naturally. Like I, I said that when we were talking about this before, but I still think that's part of the case. You know in Gone Home the same way that you know in a cleared room in any game that no one is paying attention to you. You also know that there's no chance that any sort of passive social emergent event is going to happen mm. the same way it wouldn't in real life. So you're just like, I guess I'm there's, there's just an impl- Yeah. If, it's, if there was the possibility that you would glean information by just passively searching a room mechanically, people would do it. But I think that there just isn't one. Well, right, also so what, would you do, it, what would you do to change well, that? I don't know. It's, it's tough because as soon as you give people the ability to do anything, People, people will do it. Sure, doesn't right. mean 100% of players will do do 100% of it, but a lot of your players are going to engage with whatever systems you put in front of them. So that yeah. puts you in a weird case of like, well, you can't allow them to open the doors or you can make all drawers non-interactive so that people don't get accustomed to doing right. that. But then you've made an artificial feeling environment. There's just there's, – there's no social or mechanical or any sort of punishment or detriment to just literally like – well, I'm in this room. I might as well, while I'm here, do this because it's actually yeah. more yeah. convenient mechanically mm-hmm. to open every drawer yeah, now right. than, just it is, in case. than it is to walk the entire distance of the house, yeah. then walk back, and then start looking here. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, best case, someone might do the cursory glance into all the rooms, then realize they're at the end and find a locked door. Oh, and I then need from to there, get through this go, somehow. Yeah. And then go there backwards right. through the house, yeah, uh, yeah, opening yeah. every single thing until they find the key. Yeah. yeah. It's a really I tough mean, problem, but it's a fascinating one. I mean, I think, I think what... I don't know. I mean, I feel like at that point, if you, if you wanted to ensure that people wouldn't 
just linger and do all of the things, you've got to put some kind of pressure on them to keep moving, right? I mean, it can't be like a situation where you're just in this room. There has to be some kind of impetus for for leaving that room and doing something else. Yep. I mean, well, like Chris, yeah. one thing that you were talking about that I, that I thought was good um, or was interesting was the baggage and context that you have going into a situation like that is really yeah. important. Like uh-huh. if this is a house, yeah. in the example of Don <clears throat> Home, if it's a house that you either yourself have been in before or that you've played in a previous game, you would know, oh, if something weird's going on, like I should check the family bulletin board or I should yeah. listen to the answering machine or I would right. know I should run upstairs and look in dad's room. Yeah. Um, and You I, wouldn't immediately be like, maybe there's something in the refrigerator. Right. And like in Gone Home... <clears throat> Uh, it sounds like the premise of that game is that it is a new house that you as the player and as the player character aren't familiar with. Yeah. But you would still have knowledge of how your parents operate about the sorts of places they would keep stuff. You would at least think to yourself, I wonder if dad still has that end table or whatever that you could run up to. And that without that, you are just kind of blank slating it. So it seems like yeah. just going through and consuming it like mm-hmm. like a which, vacuum cleaner. Which is, is why, the way that which is why so many games rely on you being a character with amnesia or like washing up in a place you've never been because then it's appropriate that it aligns your interests really easily. I guess Mm -hmm. let's look everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough. I mean Skyrim is even the even there's even the like things that are the opposite problem. I mean not problem necessarily, but like, you know, Nick, you were saying, oh you could put a a time limit on it and therefore uh, but then you have kind of another thing where how do you encourage people to act like a human normally does and walk if they can also run? You know, like there's all kinds of – where people will just always do the thing they determine to be the most expedient in a game even if you'd never operate that way as a human being under normal circumstances in the exact same environment. Right. Um, like it's – you know, there's – the games str- just struggle with that inherently. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean it's like – to, to a certain degree it doesn't matter. Like I mean yeah. to, to some degree it's just if the totality of the experience is convincing to you and isn't so – like so egregiously – out of phase with what is ostensibly going on, then it's fine. Yeah. Um, but the, these are still things that, you know, <clears> like <throat> are interesting design challenges that <laughs> like probably can be improved yeah. in some way. It's just not clear to us right I now. I can remember playtesting Skyrim early on and um, I was in a room with like Todd Howard and like 10 other designers. Mm-hmm. And it was like the very beginning of the game. They were playtesting like the first thing. They just put it in. And I remember playing and I was like, oh, Skyrim. Like I hadn't really played it at all. I was like, oh, this is this is cool. And just looking around, and then finally, I was like, oh, I'm being attacked by this dragon. Uh, okay, and I just started running. And for the rest of the playtest, I was just like speed running, just like killing dudes. And I would just like run down the corner. If you played Skyrim, it's this you know insane like this dragon comes down and starts attacking you, and then you have to make this escape through a tunnel. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like halfway through, I was just I was like frantically killing guys and just running through doors and doing all this stuff. And Todd just like turned around and he was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you picking up all the shit? Like, stop. Like, why aren't you looking through all the barrels? Why, why aren't you doing all the – what are you doing? Why are you playing so weird? And I was like, it's there's a dragon coming down. Like, I'm running away from all this crazy war. And, it's like, surprising that he asked you because usually one of the things in playtest is you don't do that. Like, you just observe what the player is doing and, like, oh, yeah, no. you don't try and – There was an intervention halfway whole, through that playtest. Why aren't you playing it the right way? Because we put all this stuff here. Look at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of yeah. defeats the purpose of a playtest because you're not going to well, be there in, in yeah. reality. So, like – I had already sort of gotten past the part that they were interested oh, okay, in. But, okay, but okay. still, it was it was this kind of moment of, like, oh, God, do I just play the game in a way that is wrong? But apparently – I think people just – you know, I think that, that people hit all over the spectrum of that mm-hmm. when they're playing through a game like that. But mm-hmm. – um, yeah, I don't know how you would force people to do one or the other that it doesn't make it also just feel like a kind of, I don't know, 
pointless constraint, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yep. I mean, part of it is like, is just not having as, I mean, you know, there games like the Elder Scrolls games and, and like Bioshock games or uh, any games that are sort of highly systemic games where you run around the character in the world, in a lot of cases probably could stand to just have less stuff to pick up, you know, like in some cases. Um, and I mean, a lot of that can just be tuned with like how much stuff you get per pickup and like yeah. how valuable are those things and, and this and that. I'm not saying that that should be true in all the cases of all those games, but I'm saying, you know, it's a thing that could it could be attempted. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times stuff like that ends up in a game like Skyrim because it's like expected from the genre and like it's tough to make huge sweeping changes like that without people getting upset. But uh, there are, I mean, it's interesting to play. I remember when, um, when Skyrim came out, a lot of people were comparing it to Dark Souls or like maybe Dark Souls came out later. I, I can't remember that. I think Dark Souls came out later. Yeah. Demon um, Souls. I mean, Oh, was Demon Souls people comparing it to? Probably. Yeah. Um, but in any case, <laughs> those games are not like that similar in a lot of ways, but they are both sort of high fantasy games mm. where they're very player driven and there's a lot, there's uh, a lot of stuff to figure out in them. Um, and you know, there's a lot of fighting. I mean, they're, they're super different in all the specifics, but I remember people comparing them in a lot of ways. And it was interesting to me because you could imagine an Elder Scrolls game that really does just decide like we are going to rethink a lot of these just fundamental conventions and not necessarily just assume all of them have to be there in the same. Yeah. Like what could, what could we learn from a game like Dark Souls? Not everything obviously, but you know, like what? Well, I think, I think the counter argument would be that, you know, they're supporting the player who wants to look through that barrel mm -hmm. and I'm not a guy who's going to look through that barrel and I just don't. And so where's the problem there? You know, I mean, you're, they're just allowing for all of this to exist. Well, because it's in it's in the game. Like there's a lot of other things you might like the guy who looks from in the a barrel. resource standpoint. Then. No, no, or, I'm not. Oh, I'm just oh. saying I'm just saying like the person who wants to look through the barrel, like they want to look through the barrel because the barrel's there, not because they're a person who inherently loves looking in barrels. Like that's not I mean, like there could be any number that's of not other. That's entirely true. There are some people for whom. Yeah, just. The actual act of digging into all the details in a space like that is interesting in and of itself. Right, but those the, what those details are is very specific. Like there could be some other mechanic that allows you to dig in. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not trying to like actually redesign the game right now. I'm saying in completely theoretical terms, like there. And I'm not saying this would be better. I'm just saying there. It's totally arbitrary the ways that exploring and looking in things happens to manifest itself in look in every barrel. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. that is just one specific implementation yeah. of like thoroughly exploring a world. Yeah. It just happens to be, have weird, like look at comments or something. Yeah. I mean, like it yeah. just, that just happens to be one thing that got codified in early RPGs and now is just in every RPG. But I yeah. mean, there's nothing, there's nothing about that is like canonically to explore a place in detail means you have to look in every drawer in a home. Like, I mean, you know, that isn't how you would operate it. You could explore a place in real life extraordinarily thoroughly without looking in a bunch of strangers' yep. drawers. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's, yeah. that's just not... No, that's a good point. Um, and I, I'm not saying I have a better idea right now. I'm just sure. saying that all of those things are things that could theoretically be considered. And maybe the end result is, well, it turns out this is the best thing we thought of. And, like, it is actually what we think is holistically the best choice for a game. And maybe that has happened at Bethesda. Um, I think it's worth but, saying in the case of... Oh, you're going to finish your butt. I, I was just going to say, but I think subtractive game design can be really interesting for figuring out what are the things in this kind of game that actually really ultimately 
are the most resonant and like the most the biggest reasons people really love this thing. Like how can we express that more cleanly or something? Right. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that in Gone Home, and it's mm. weird to be talking so much about Gone Home because obviously no one has played that game with the exception of us and people at the IGF and stuff. But um, that game seems very much to me like it is directly inspired by aban- like exploring abandoned buildings oh, totally. and sort of social mm-hmm. archaeology and stuff. And mm-hmm. the way that you Absolutely. behave in Gone Home is totally like weird urban archaeologist. It's not You're not role-playing someone who's come home and is looking for your family. You're actually like... That is what's happening on the sort of narrative level of mm-hmm. that game, but mechanically the game is entirely inspired by isn't it cool to look in an abandoned yeah, subway station def- or to definitely. find an old Victorian house that no one's been in yeah. and literally just pour over every document and mm-hmm. be a, a sort of constructive archaeologist slash whatever weird other yeah um, like mm-hmm. that's so, definitely true. I mean, in that in that way, I wouldn't say I wouldn't. Like it, it kind of implies in the guy's question, although I know it's not meant, it implies it as a negative or as a failure, just in that that's not what you would really do in real life. But I also think the game is deliberately aiming for not that experience mechanically and it's achieving not that experience. Well, yeah. And I, and I also don't, I'm, I don't mean any of the things that I said as like specific criticisms of Elder Scrolls or Bioshock sure. or Gundam or anything. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just saying that they're like in completely general terms. Oh, I don't, no, no, I know. You know, in completely yeah. general terms, like it is interesting when people like play with that stuff. And sure, see, sure. See I just was thinking yeah. back around to sort of mm-hmm. taking the question at face value of that's not what I would do in real life, but then thinking about what is that game actually deliberately yeah. trying mm-hmm. to do, and it's trying to do what it actually does feel like. Sure, like, yeah, which totally. is not exactly 100% in line with what the narrative is i guess mm-hmm. but yeah i would have no idea how to make those things one and one but i definitely would yeah. know how to make no, a I mean, game yeah. where you want to yeah poke through a weird abandoned building or something yeah mm-hmm. yeah well and gone home does uh is inspired heavily by games like bioshock you know steve worked on bioshock 2 and yeah. bioshock infinite yeah. and like that is a part of the bioshock games is yeah. like just that sort of like urban archaeology stuff yeah um well they're so, just subtracting everything else yeah, you can come home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Except for that ghost. Oh yeah, that ghost. <laughs> Classic ghost. A ghost. ghost. Tegan Robichaux says, "Oh hey, Tegan. I had a crazy dream where I was going to go see Jurassic Park 3D with you guys at this huge theater that was laid out like an underground mall or something. You were cool, but Jake was no help at all. He kept saying things like, "Oh yeah, I've been here lots of times. I know where to go,' and then getting us lost and not even caring." <laughs> We waited in line for like four hours and we never got to see the movie. Thanks, Dream Jake. Oh, man. So um, <laughs> Nick and Sean and I went to lunch with two other people from work today. Oh, man. Is there a story about this? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, my so, God. You're right. Uh, the five of us were all walking. We all – it was at a restaurant that was inside of a mall near the near work. Yeah. And uh, the five of us were all walking up and we realized that we parked in a place that was not really near a direct entrance to the restaurant that we wanted to go to, which was on the backside of it. So Nick and Sean went to the left and then I went to the right with uh, our friends Harrison and Julie and I was like, I got this. And uh, we went into... I <laughs> but as we split, it was like, well, we're going to get there. Like we, like Sean and I acknowledged that we were not going to make it there before you guys. Yeah. Like we were taking the long way around. We and felt well, like discussing Dota. We thought we were, we were going. <laughs> we were outside. It was nice and sunny. I thought that I was going to lead Harrison and Jolie into uh, the Macy's, but yes. I accidentally went one door left into the employee tunnel access. <laughs> 
which turns out would have been quicker. And I was like, oh, man, we got this. This is amazing. Like, this is perfect. Uh, I did it. We totally got smarter than we don't have to walk through the grandma underpants section or anything. This is, this is gold. And then when we got out of the tunnel... Without batting uh, but then, uh, but then Jeff, I'm sorry, but then uh, Samuel Jackson's arm, uh, as you reached a dead end in the employee access tunnel. Yeah, I, I heard Harrison say, "Oh, oh, it's you." I think we're back in business. Um, but no, I just without paying attention. Oh, Mr. Arnold said, "Oh, Mr. Arnold, it's you." And uh, you didn't say it's you. No, I know. I always think it's. Just I know. You. Oh, thank God it's you. Thank it's God what we used to quote. It's, it's, it's way better. It is way better. It bums me out. The real line is what oh, it is. It's, just, it's oh, not Mr. as funny. Arnold. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just literally without thinking turned right. Uh, in a very authoritative way instead of left and then just walked right back out of the mall the other direction. <laughs> um, and Harrison and Julie followed me and then we're like, what the heck were you doing? I was like, I don't know. I thought I knew where we were going. And then I was like, oh man, and just loaded up that email because I had read it yesterday <laughs> and read that to them and then they uh, were amused and sad. So it turns out that that is... Um, yeah. Your email... <laughs> your, four hours later, you got to lunch. It, it grossed me out to think that someone listening to... Idle thumbs for any degree of time has somehow oh, internalized right, their properties. Right, right exactly. Like, oh man, this, the data dump of me into their brain oh, wow. actually was enough to like. Yeah, they the just blanks. need. Yeah, they have me enough that they, they can just fill write... the rest with frog DNA, yeah. right. and they've got a perfect clone of me in their brain. Wow, Jake, Jake finds a way. Oh ah, no! Oh, DNA. Yeah, Jake finds a way very slowly to the Speed Pig Barbecue yeah. Restaurant. Yeah. Um, Is that where you went? Yeah. yeah. There's one in Marin. Oh, okay. They got I've that speed pig goggles yeah. goggles all over the place. Goggles were in. Yeah. Um, maybe we're done now. I think we're probably done. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're going to take a break. Video games. <laughs> this is a monkey sound. <laughs> oh, man. Classic monkey. 